Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with parts one and two of the series finale. And so today we begin part one of two for us, but part ones and two, one and two, one and two, <laughs> ones and twos and threes and four. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the first half of the four part series finale, which is kind of weird to think that they did it, um, you know, in four parts back in like 2008 or whenever it was that they did this. Um, but we're doing parts one and two today of the series finale. That is how we have decided to break this up. Um, and we'll do three and four next week when we ultimately conclude our take on um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and we, of course, begin, as we as we do, with our recaps. And we're going to stay true to form on that. Um, we typically try to, within a minute, recap what has happened in the past episode. Um, and so I have elected to go first. Uh, Beth, do you have your eye on the clock? I do. All right. And so I'll start the Phoenix King whenever you're ready. All right. Three two, one, go. Um, so we arrive at Ember Island and everyone, like there's some good training going on and then they rest and then they have a beach day and everybody's just lollygagging, having fun. Zuko's like, what the crap, everybody? Why, you know, Susan's Comet's coming and they're just all like, uh, we are going to just wait for the Comet to arrive. And Zuko's like, no, if, Su- if you wait, my father is going to like wipe out everything. And they're like, well, crap. Um, Aang in particular is worried about having to take the Fire Lord's life, which is dumb. Um, he then w- somehow winds up on a mysterious island that appears out of nowhere. Um, meanwhile, his friends are left behind trying to figure out uh, where he is. They go to June to go try and track him down in the Earth Kingdom. Uh, when they don't find him there, they go to find Uncle Iroh. Um, they go to the walls of Bossing Se where they're dropped off, and Aang wakes up realizing he is um, on this weird island. And meanwhile, Azula and is now Fire Lord because her father is now the Phoenix King. Nice. Five seconds to spare. Ooh, I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so, all right. That was part one, the Phoenix King. And now it's time for part two, the old masters. Mm-hmm. All right, Beth, are you ready for this one? Oh boy, am I ever. <laughs> all right. And three, two, one, go. All right. So we'll say our A plot is with Aang. He finds the top of the island. He's like, this is weird. It's not Earth. He sits down and talks to a bunch of his past lives who are all like, you got to shank a boat. Uh, oh. <laughs> 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 um, he eventually kind of goes around and finds like, oh, wait, this whole thing is a giant like turtle thing and it's moving around. And he ends up uh, talking to it, interacting with it. And then he ends seeing the blimps kind of coming towards everyone. Um, on the other side, so Zuko, Sokka, Suki, and... Katara and Toph all end up with a bunch of old people, <laughs> including Bumi, Zhongzhong, Piandao, and uh, Paku, who's now their grandpa, which is weird. Um, yeah. They all sort of come together and start making plans. Zuko reunites with Iroh in what is one of the best scenes of the series. And then they're all like, okay, our destinies are drawing us to, to, do, to do different things, and we're going to all fight the Fire Nation together. Good. With seven seconds to spare. <laughs> you also were experiencing what I was experiencing. of like, ah, crap. Uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> but we did it, guys. We did it. We 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 have finally gone two for two on um, getting our episodes <laughs> done. And good. Two episodes left of this podcast. <laughs> hey, 
success. It, I am only measuring success by the fact that we have trained ourselves to be good by the end. True. And, th- and these were hard. These had lots of plots going they on. They were, and it's so hard trying to figure out where one starts and where one stops, and like they all exactly. just blend together. So I am determining this success. All right, Beth. So now that we are here, we are at the series finale at last, although not our last episode. We are still one episode away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are here at the series finale. And, and, and one, can I just can I just take this moment to uh, to point out how weird it is to feel like we are so close? I mean, I'll probably do the same next week, but holy cow, we have I feel accomplished already. I know we've been so consistent with this. <laughs> Um, minus the people who are like, you skipped a week or two in there. One, which... Like one week though. We're both busy adults. <laughs> we have lives, we think. Um, no, no, we do. We both definitely have lives. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I am proud of us. I would like to say to get started. Um, so no matter what the haters out there say, and you know, considering our very <laughs> large, very large fan base. Full of, of maybe haters. Like, yes of all five people who listen to us um, on a good week. Which, thank you. We appreciate your viewership. Yes. <laughs> um, there are so many haters. But anyway. But anyway, all that to say, I'm excited that we are now coming down to the end. Um, and I feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what... I, and, th- and Beth and I talked about this before we got onto the mic. Um, it's kind of hard not to talk about these two episodes together. You, you probably know if you've listened to us before, we like to separate out the episodes, uh, which usually works well. Uh, it will not work well for this. Um, and so we're kind of trying to separate these two episodes really into four zones, and they're kind of geographic locations. Um, one is Ember Island, where you know everything's going to begin, especially in uh, The Phoenix King. Um, we'll kind of have our, meanwhile, in the Fire Nation, um, kind of geographic setting. Um, we'll have Aang on this mysterious lion turtle island. Um, and then we'll have Team Avatar returning, Team Avatar minus the Avatar returning to the Earth Kingdom. And I think those will be kind of the four ways we'll break it down. Maybe not in that order, but I think that's a, that's a good four way. That's a good way to kind of look at these episodes. I mean, it's fairly chronological, so that, that wouldn't be a bad order to do it in, honestly. Right. It's the last two that I'm like, is that the order we want to do it? Either way. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, I think the first two, yeah, we can definitely start with, um, you know, so starting at Ember Island, you know, I have to say launching the whole motivating, I guess the motivating plot line of these, the series finale combination to me is kind of very weird and rushed a bit. Um, You know, you and I talked about at the end of when Bossing Say was captured, you know, we talked about like what's. And, you know, like, obviously there's motivation of just doing good and stopping the fire, Lord. But, like, where's the sense of urgency? Yeah, we've already lost. Right. And so it's just so interesting that we waited until this episode to finally address that. You know, nothing like the one of the last episodes to finally address the question of, like, um, you know, why do we even have to worry about the comet anymore? There's like, no world left to save, basically. Right. And so it's interesting. I don't I don't know. Did. I, I felt like they had to up the ante just to, I don't know, just to make us feel tension. I don't know. Did that feel oh, sincere yeah. to you? Well, I mean, yes, because I guess in retrospect, if it had been like, oh, still got to defeat the Fire Lord. It's like, why do we have to do it by this day? What is even the purpose of it? 
Like, right. So the fact that they even thought about that and addressed it, I think is kind of cool. Yeah. And it's good. It still felt, I don't know. There's a part of me that, that there's a part of me that feels a little, a little bit off. Like uh, there's a couple of, there's a couple of, and these are, and these are a little bit nitpicky, but like, you know, you must defeat the fire Lord before the comet arrives. Well, maybe when the comet arrives. Um, Just for the dramatic fire scenes we can get. I am all about it. (laughs) Yeah. Some artistic license was taken and I'm here for it. (laughs) So this is maybe where you and I differ a little bit, but yeah. So yeah. And I, and I get it. Yeah. Like mass genocide and ecological disaster is definitely, yeah. Like that's definitely like something we'd like to avoid in this universe. Um, But I don't know. It felt it to me, it felt a little forced. Like, they kind of realize, like, oh, crap, our plot doesn't exactly have a motivating factor, so we kind of need to up the ante. Uh, here, we will burn the entire Earth Kingdom to the ground. That'll do it. That'll that'll motivate our characters into action. Yeah. Oh. And I did like... I did like how they kind of did swing in Zuko's... Like, the previous episode where Zuko, you know, was being a good, a good prince. Um, yes, because it made the whole, like... It, it didn't feel as much like the, oh, well, now he's going to do this. Like, it just dropped out of nowhere. Like, it felt more premeditated, which was much appreciated. Yeah. And so I, I do, I will say that that was good. And it, it was good for Zuka to acknowledge, like, you know, I was being a good prince. Like, I know I should have spoke out, but, you know, I was, you know, I was still in the error of my ways. And so, sorry, um, by the way, you still need to not wait until the comet arrives because we're all toast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> literally, literally, not, not <laughs> to do that. Um, so yeah. And then, and then we get into the sticky questions of what do we do about the Fire Lord when Aang faces the Fire Lord? Because apparently killing him, like we've been planning to all along, isn't the plan anymore. Yay! Uh, yay! <laughs> you know, like, ne- never during the day of Black Sun did we consider this. Um, you know, never at any point up until this moment did we consider this. You know, now we're playing out the moral um, implications of you have to face the Fire Lord. <sighs> yeah, it, it does feel a little like 11th hour to be considering this for the first time. But at the same time, like, it's perfectly in Aang's character to have these conflicts and to not want to cause any harm to another person because of who he is. And we've seen that through the series. So it makes sense for him to have this internal conflict. But like... Why couldn't we have had this during the Nightmares and Daydreams episode? <laughs> yeah, God, wouldn't wouldn't that have been a better use instead, of time? Instead of just, oh, I'm afraid to fight the Fire Lord, more of like, oh, I'm afraid to fight the Fire Lord and I don't want to kill him. Like, that would have been great. <laughs> I'm afraid of what fighting the Fire Lord will do to my soul. Like, okay, fine. Like, yeah, I agree. And, and even then, maybe it would have felt a little forced because, again, you know, right the moment before. But it would have felt know. like a little bit less forced if he'd thought about it then and then revisited it now. Sure, I agree. I agree. I, th- I think that's a. I think that's a great point. You know, maybe if it had been unresolved and he still was going to like figure it out in the moment, you know, the moment never came, um, and then you know now it's like we still don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's. I think my big frustration with it um, is the fact that it feels very just dropped at the last moment to, like, oh, we now need to solve this problem that we probably should have had figured out maybe a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I will say, I do enjoy what comes up as when we'll, when we'll transition into the Aang on Lion Turtle Island scenes, 
but I do enjoy the conversations that he has there kind of discussing this with his past lives. Yeah. Yeah. I I do love that. So I complain and I still feel my complaints (laughs) are justified, but I will say it is used in some good ways. Um, you will, you will all listeners find out that I have very mixed feelings about season finale, the season finale. I feel um, like you brought this up several times prior to this moment. This shouldn't be a surprise for anyone. <laughs> okay, I will, I will, I will, I will stop. To, I will stop. You then. <laughs> um, anyway, so I guess today you get today and next week you get to find out my mixed feelings. Uh, and yeah, and I've hinted very strongly at my frustration at lion turtles. So. Um, so anyway, so yeah. Um, but that all being said, Aang has to go off and be mopey and not listen to anybody else's input. Um, can we just can we just like say though, like the I am Melon Lord scene, like that's delightful. <laughs> it is delightful. I will say that. I will say Toph, like the other characters playing comedic relief are doing great. Like one, um, oh, I have a note in here and I'm trying to uh, so I, ha- um, sorry. I'm tr- so Toph implies. Did you catch this implication? Uh, uh, it's and I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact scene before I just like blurt out the punchline. But like Toph implies one time when they're just sitting, like because because what happens is Katara comes into the scene. And oh, you like, and Haru secretly had a thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and like, and I, yes, exactly. And I was just like. Wait, is Toph implying Katara's pregnant? Like, oh my god, I never caught. I actually didn't think about that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't either until all of us. Until all of a sudden, like, I don't know. This last episode, when I was just like, wait, what? What does Toph care about? And it's just because yeah, she's just like, I knew it. I knew you and Haru had a thing. And she's like, wait, what? And it's like, oh wait. <laughs> god, can so, you imagine? Like, if you really wanted Aang to go off the rails and start like, oh my god, people, like that would be the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a small fleeting thought in my mind, and maybe the writers did not at all intend that. Um, but, I, but I do love the Melon Lord scene. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I am not Toph. I am the Melon Lord. Uh, it's, Honestly, it's, like, it's there's weird. just so many delightful, humorous moments in the first episode, which is great, because like the next three become kind of more serious. But like, Zuko's gone crazy. He destroyed, he destroyed my sk- sand sculpture of Suki. Oh, Andy's attacking Aang. <laughs> I, do, I do actually appreciate the fact that they don't tread down the path of assuming Zuko's evil. Like, mm-hmm. they're just kind of like, oh, he's just gone crazy. Not, oh, he's betrayed us. Just, mm-hmm. oh, he's gone crazy. I love it. Yes. I, I'm kind of glad we didn't, we didn't, I, I was like, oh, are we going to really turn over that stone again? It's like, nope, nope, we're keeping that. Nope. We're keeping that shut. Good. The trust is there. Good. Yes, exactly. Um, also, speaking of cute, funny moments, again, involving Toph, top when they go to look for ang <laughs> yes i want i want zuko and they're all just like what and she's like what she's like i need i need my like you know she wants her revelation i want my life changing field trip right and and then you know of course it just like does not work out at all it's just like oh it's so beautiful mm-hmm. uh, uh to- toff being the source of our comic relief like not entirely off base but but kind of kind of an unusual source mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. That's all I really have from the Ember Island sequence that I just kind of thought was kind of fun, yeah. fun and interesting. I guess one more little blurb was that, like, when Katara found the picture and she thought it was Zuko and it was actually Ozai. Mm. Like, I feel like that might have triggered off a lot of Aang's sort of thoughts too, because it's like, oh, he's he was a he's a human too. Like, he was once a cute little baby who wasn't evil. Like, 
Yeah. I, I think yeah. that could explain why Aang was thinking about that too, but also it was just a great scene of like, that's my father. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all just like, oh God. It's like when you find out that Adolf Hitler was like a weird loving uncle to this weird... This, this uh, that's just making me feel creepy. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's real, by the way. I'm not making this up. I do didn't hear you were a Mr. History teacher, sir. Yep. So all you <laughs> listeners out there, do your research. It's a weird, messed up thing. Like, like it's not. It's But it is. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think that can make us transition into, meanwhile, in the Fire Nation, mm-hmm. uh, where we begin to see... Just, just a tiny bit of unraveling for Azula. A little bit more unraveling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we already kind of thought maybe, you know, maybe she was going a little crazy when she declared herself to be so happy to becoming an only child. Um, but also that's in character for her. Exactly. So <laughs> it was just kind of just kind of like, yeah, maybe crazy, but also she is crazy. So, But the line, but, you can't do this, you can't treat me like Zuko. Yes. <laughs> And it's so interesting because, and I wrote down in my notes, Azula is betrayed by her father because when he says there's been a change in plans, and and I think that fits in very well to what you just said, you don't, like, that's something you don't say to your most trusted lieutenant, Mm -hmm. you know? You you keep them in on the goings-on, but she got left in the dark. She was a pawn in his plans the whole time. She was just made to believe she was something more. Right. And now the like wool is being pulled off, the curtains being pulled back, and she realizes that everything has just been more of her father's machinations and not because of him trusting her or anything like that, or him like really honestly favoring her. He just did what he needed to do to get her to do what he needed her to. I think that's so well said, exactly. And so it's such an interesting moment to see Azula betrayed by her father and her father just like uncaring. And like, what an egomaniac moment of like, you know, I am no more like my, the, the fire Lord is gone. I am now the Phoenix King, which is just mm-hmm. kind of like, okay. Um, and but, giving Azula which exactly everything she wanted in the title of fire or fire Lord only to make it a hollow victory because it means exactly. nothing. Exactly. And I think that's exactly nailing it on the head. Like, I agree. You give Azula everything she would have ever hoped for. And she honestly seems surprised to get it, which is odd. Um, but then like to make but to make it utterly worthless then um which is so symbolic of azula um more to come next week on that topic yeah uh but oh what an interesting moment over in the fire nation as they prepare to eliminate all life on the earth kingdom continent um you know small details you know just those little things um i think we can go ahead then and move from our little side vacation to the imperial city to the to the earth kingdom uh, which was probably not a location any of us thought we would be going to um, as we approach these final season this final season finale because of course it is you know season three fire mm-hmm. uh, but now here we are back in the earth kingdom and by the way my goodness do we travel fast when the plot <laughs> demands it it's like the last season of Game of Thrones all over again. I can't do it, Gordon. I can't. <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking. It was just like, oh man, this feels very Games of Game of Thronesy. Um, now, granted, they dabbled in it. Avatar just da- waits until the very last episode to dabble in it, and, and it's kind of like, and we'll never do this again. Um, so, you know, I guess we can forgive them for their. Granted, weird... I mean, 
we did go from it being like three days until the comet to like the day of the comet in these two episodes. So there was like a, some time in there. Yeah, but you're telling me that that little weird weasel, not weasel, but weird sniffy. Yeah, the sheer sh- you're telling me that thing can travel to Bossing, say, in two days. Okay, fine, probably not. Right. So anyway, the Earth, the Earth, can, especially how far east Bossing, say, is like doubt. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but that being said, that that's a small, that's a nitpick. Like that's the nitpickiest thing I'll probably say all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this transitions us nicely into the second episode to the old masters, um, and oh, Beth, just all the excitement that got built up when. All of a sudden, we're surrounded by friendly old people. I know. What a delight, honestly, though. Oh, my gosh. What payoff. And especially, like, you'd kind of forgotten about Boomy, if we're going to be honest. Um, Yep. You know, you'd kind of... And the other ones I don't think you necessarily expected to see again, like Paku, you know, Pyongyang... Shoot, what's his name again? Pyongyang, thank you. Pyongyang. I almost said Pyongyang. I was like, nope, that's not right. Um, (laughs) Um... Pak, or pa, so, yeah, so yeah, Paco Piandao, Zhang Zhang, well, that one you almost definitely had forgotten about. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, just all of these people, and just like, oh, my, all these old people we love. And so, <laughs> although, oh. okay, one one gripe I have, Paco didn't not become sexist. <laughs> like, yeah, that wasn't part of his character arc. His arc was, I loved your grandma, so I guess I'll train you. Like, and now he's their grandpa like i don't know it, it works and it's cute but like taking a step back i'm like hmm <laughs> no and, and and that's and that's legitimate and, and that definitely crossed my mind um but it's just kind of like whatever i just you know what the plot demands i accept it and i don't really have enough attention to care right now therefore i accept enough. it again a nitpick exactly but 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 you know what legitimate um and then boomy oh i just love love boomy's whole story about how he took back his city because mm-hmm. it's so done in character. Um, you know, it's just it's just like, I just waited until I felt the moment was right. And then all of a sudden it's just like an eclipse. All right, the moment is right. And it's just <laughs> and it's just like single-handedly destroy everything. Um, you know, still be crazy, destroy the bridge to his city so they can't come back. Um uh, It's perfect. It's so perfect, and he's so badass. He really um, is. Honestly, all of the old masters are. It's great. It is. Um, and this and bringing in this white lotus thing is so interesting. Um, and they've hinted, and I will, you know, I'll give the writers credit. They've hinted at this. They've. It's been very. It's been apparent. hinted at since season one. Yes. Um. With the when um when Iro loses his white lotus tile. Oh gosh. However, back with the water bending scroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is yeah. This has been hinted at back for a while. So we. You know, so it's not just out of nowhere. Um, maybe that some of these people are members of it is a little out of nowhere. Um, but but at the end, yeah. it all still feels like, oh. Right, exactly. Exactly. And so it all fits well. Um, and so, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop stalling and get get us to the to the real emotional payoff. Uh, like um, I said, the best scene, like one of the best scenes in the entire series. Oh, such tears. <sighs> so good. It's like the moment you've all been waiting for, and you come up to the tent, and the, those dang writers—they know, they know they have us. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just staring at the hook, just like going for the bait, and like they draw us in, and then they're like, "Oh, Uncle is asleep," and it's just like, God. Yeah. <sighs> but like, 
the parallels. He, the last time he was on his knees begging a family member's forgiveness, like the last time that happened, he got half his face burned off. And what happens this time after he truly did betray someone and not just speak out out of turn or whatever, he gets full unconditional love and forgiveness back. And it's so good. Oh, I know. Oh. Oh, and, I, and that's one of those things where I, I do say as I get older, I get a little more emotional. Um, and I just think it's because you go through some of some more of the crap of life. And so therefore you appreciate some of, you know, you appreciate the genuine good things of life, um, such as things like this, this form of forgiveness, this form of true fatherly love coming from a surrogate father. Um, oh, and it's so, and you know, and I, I just enjoy the whole, conversation it's it's a little i will admit it's a little jarring to not hear mako's voice but to hear the new voice actor it is uh, a little, but 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 it still works mm-hmm. um and it's just so so nice to hear him say like how he wasn't angry which i don't totally buy but it doesn't matter like to say i wasn't angry you know i was just worried that you were on the wrong path and zuko's like i was on the wrong path and he said but I, but you found which is just like you found your own way and you did it on your own. And it's just like, oh, like even now I'm getting a little teary eyed. I'm just like, oh, oh, Iroh, oh. I am a sucker for good father figures in general. And just like, oh. <laughs> it's such a perfect reunion. And it's so like, it's so great because yeah, Zuko, he, he, although he used his uncle's teachings, he came back all on his own. And it's so... So just great to see Iroh's true, like, unfor- like unquestionable love towards him. It's just wonderful. Yes. Uh, yes. And so that is, you know, that has to be the highlight of these two episodes. Has to be the reunion of Zuko oh, and absolutely. Iroh. Um, everything else just pales in comparison. Um, and so, of course, as we find out, the whole reason... So what's the White Lotus doing on, outside the wall of Bossing Say? You know, they're here to retake the city for the Earth Kingdom. Um, you know, we're here to kind of restore balance, as it were. Um, and so it's interesting because we have a conversation of, you know, why can't Iroh just take over the throne? Um, and, you know, there's kind of this discussion about how it'd be brother against brother. Um, you know, it wouldn't go, it wouldn't play well. Um, and so it's Zuko who has to do it. Someone with... And with her, unquestionable honor. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh, you writers! Oh, you, you play, you play with us, and 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 very well done. Um, yes, but it has to. It can't be Iro who takes down the Father Lord. I mean, the Fire Lord. Oh, uh, it has. It has. Well, it can't be Zuko either. It has to be Aang. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting thought, right? Because from the beginning, they were planning on all facing him together. But they're like, no, you know what? Our destinies are leading us different directions. And we just have to trust each other that, yeah. that things work out. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's such a good... And, and, and I don't know. And like to me, it, it is it is explaining some plot points away. Like, you know, because they'll be like, well, what about this? What about this? And it is kind of handling those what ifs. But to me, it's doing it in a satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like it's also it's also putting the pieces into place, you know, like you said, putting everybody on their job. It's it's putting the team up of Zutara back together I'm here for it too. like. So, OK, now you, you know who I am as a person, but I just do. saying like Zuko and Katara going from being mortal enemies, not trusting each other, Katara being betrayed by Zuko, like 
all to the point where they do the Southern Raiders episode. They sort of, she forgives him, they reconcile. And now when he's asked, who's your second going to be? He says, without hesitation, Katara. Like the amount of trust and friendship that has grown between these two characters over the course of three seasons, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so good. And it's, and it's a good choice. Mm -hmm. Like we, I don't think there'd be anybody who would disagree that it's a good choice. You need, quite frankly, you need a powerful bender on your side. And so maybe, you know, maybe tough, but you know, but Katara works better. Zuko just has a better relationship with Katara, which is odd yep. to say. Because um, they had the, they had their <laughs> field trip together. They've like exactly. practiced together. Even when they were taking down the Melon Lord, it was Zuko and Katara who were working as a team. And like there was one shot where it's circling around them as they're standing back to back, each like whipping their element around each other. And it's just yeah. so perfect. <laughs> and you know, and you know too, like so without knowing how this whole thing will end. You know, too, that if uh, Missoula tries her tricks, Katara will be a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and you know that she can steady Zuko and, and, and get him to not fall for her mind games. Because she's so grounded, like, which is funny because you'd think like grounded earth Toph, but if Toph, like Azula started mocking Toph, she would just charge in there like nothing doing. Right. So. Like, well, yeah, Katara is the one who's more, she can, it, it, which is so interesting because if past few episodes, she's not been the level-headed one. But in this one, it's just like, no, she will be, like, we know she will be the level-headed one. And besides, how much uh, experience does Azula really have fighting against waterbenders? Exactly. She's out of so, her element. It'd be, be a little bit, another point in their advantage. Right. So you like the, you like the team up. You like to see it. You love um, to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's good to see that in their place. It's good to see, you know, Sokka tries to figure out his own purpose. Um, and so he assembles his crack team. Um, of Suki and Toph, which if you're going to assemble a crack team, that's a pretty crack team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go off to try to cause whatever disruption they can. Meanwhile, the White Lotus is going to stay behind. You know, the pieces are all moving into place. They're all where they need to be uh, to go into the next episode. But we still have one more destination. It's time to go to Lion Turtle Island. <laughs> and I have Jordan's been... favorite part of the episodes. <laughs> You know what I will say? I do like the lot the I do like Aang talking to his past um his past lives and digging deep and having these good thoughtful really gr- good conversations about, you know, the morality of having to take a life in order for, you know, kind of like the greater good and all that stuff. I do enjoy that stuff. Um the stuff that I hate has not really come yet. Um or it hasn't been revealed. Like it happened, but they but we didn't know it happened, which is why I hate it. <laughs> um, so we so the fortunate thing is for this episode, we get to stick to the parts that I like. So we get to go to my least favorite part, and I'm still can be okay with it. Yep. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. Conversations with his past life lives are great, especially since they all add with just kill the guy. <laughs> yes, which is probably like, and maybe. And maybe full disclosure, like I'm pro- I'm a little bit of a like I, like I'm a lefty on a lot of issues, but I'm also kind of a I'm kind of a, a very tolerant person when it comes to like I tolerate the death penalty and I don't it doesn't bother me as much, and so maybe that feeds into it as like I'm just gonna have full disclosure and say maybe that feeds into it as well. Is the idea of him having to kill the Fire Lord just doesn't morally trouble me? Oh, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm so okay with what the what the like the 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 episodes to come eventually do is because i'm like super against the death penalty so i'm like anyway i love it gotcha yeah that could be 
So that definitely could feed into it a little bit. Um, but I do think, because like to me, so again, I come from my perspective. To me, I do think this whole, con- like they have this conversation and I, and I think these are good, hard discussions. And particularly I enjoy, um, I mean, as a humorous one, I enjoy his conversation with Kiyoshi. Um, <laughs> Personally, I don't see the difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe that's because Kiyoshi and I would have a similar outlook on life. I don't know. Um, but I, the one I actually most enjoy was his conversation with Avatar Yang Chen. Um, mm-hmm. Because who best to understand his predicament? Um, you know, she talks about how many great airbenders have worked to detach themselves um, from the world, which that whole thing of detachment is very tied in well to ideals of Hinduism and Buddhism. Um, I think Buddhism, actually, honestly, more in particular, um, you know, the, the idea of um, detaching yourself from desire, detaching yourself from, because um, that, like that's that's the ultimate enlightenment. Does is it when show you... how much of a, an uncultured pleb I am that the first thing I thought of was like the prequel Jedi? <laughs> Star Wars, which I well, guess are also very grounded in, in those religions. Well, I was going to say, you think of that because where did George Lucas get his ideas from? It, it's very grounded in Buddhism. Like, that's not a coincidence. Um, so, like, the whole force, the, the whole idea of that comes from strong Hinduism, Buddhism ideas. So, like, that's not, that's not a coincidence. Um, so, no, it does not make you a pleb. Um, <laughs> But considering you literally just accurately used the word pleb, so. <laughs> um, but no, so. Um, so, but Avatar Yang Chen, you know, talking, you know, having to talk about this whole, like, you know, people, like, you know, they try to disconnect themselves. They try to reach enlightenment, which, again, lines up really well with Buddhist teachings. Um, but then she talks about how the interesting twist is the Avatar can never do this. Mm-hmm which I just thought was very intriguing because she's just like, because it is because the avatar's duty is to the world. Mm -hmm. And I was just, and it was an interesting way to turn the argument. Um, And I, and I, I don't know. I want, I kind of, I kind of felt, and again, I have my biases. So like, I wanted him to reach this conclusion. You know, I felt satisfied at that point. Like I was just like, okay, he has to do it. And I feel like they laid the groundwork for the argument of why he has to do this. Mm-hmm. so um yeah i think i feel like we've already spoiled that that's not going to happen yeah um, i feel like we have so <laughs> but that said i think we've reached the end of these episodes like we can't talk too much more without going into spoiler territory i don't think i think the only couple things we just need to lay out there is he has this if i'm going to be completely honest this not very clear conversation with the lion turtle like one, he just talks to the lion turtle, which is like, it's okay. like me finding a dog off the side of the road and just being like, hey, dog, t- I want to tell you my problems. I mean, and then like, yeah. <laughs> teach their own. <laughs> and then like, and then the lion turtle just kind of, I don't know, in my mind, he kind of just says things. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I just use the word things like purposefully because like they just seem like words that don't mean anything. He touches his heart and his head and then just like makes a pretty light and goes away. And I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I mean, I literally wrote down in my notes, like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it could have, it could have set things up better. I will give you that. So, and then lastly, of course, we see that the comet is here. And also 
like granted you and I are not astronomers by any sense of the word, but don't you feel like it's a little close to earth? Uh, or it could just be big and far away. <laughs> could be. I mean, I guess I'd notice like the clouds being moved aside or like, I don't know. And maybe, it's and I'm just, comment jordan don't don't question it don't question the world of magic i'm my bad anyway so those are those are some nitpicky things well not the, not the lion turtle that's not nitpicky but the comment thing's a bit nitpicky so so i want to end on a more positive note than that and just say like it's it's a great two episodes to launch us into the yeah. ultimate series finale honestly like for two episodes of set like just pure setup it flies by it's super entertaining like i didn't even i was like oh my god i'm already through two episodes like yeah, well, it'll be a great yeah it'll be a great way to set up next week and now to wrap up our second to last avatar episode um it's time for us to give our ratings uh, we're going to start with Season 3, Episode 18, The Phoenix King. As a reminder, these are out of five stars. Uh, decimals are allowed. Reasons are arbitrary, but necessary. <laughs> Beth, go ahead. What was your ratings on The Phoenix King? I am going to give that one a 4.4, I think. Yeah. Um, lots of Just lots of setup. Um, it's a delightful episode. The parts in the Fire Nation are really cool, but I don't know. It's a good, it's a good first part of a four-part finale episode, but just keeps it at a 4.4 for me yeah and i think that same logic gets gets it at like a 4.2 for me um it's good and i just don't know if there's a whole lot else i can say about it like like the humor is probably like the only the thing that brings it up the most um azula being betrayed by her father is interesting um but there's nothing in it that's just like this is amazing it's like it's just it's okay it's good mm-hmm. all right I get a feeling we're going to have a different reaction to season three, episode 19, the old mask. <laughs> I am giving this one a 4.7. Okay. Um, and- still another setup episode, but so much character development and Zuko's reuniting, reuniting with Iroh probably bumped it up for like 0.4 points on its own. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a 4.7 on this one. And I have a similar logic going with a 4.8. Like, absolutely. Like, having that payoff, seeing Zuko and Iroh, like, absolutely, that just drives up the rating of this episode because, and whatever episode they threw that into, unless they completely botched it, like, yeah, this was going to be, <laughs> give us that extra ratings juice. Mm-hmm. But I, and I, but I will say, like, I, I liked the thoughtful, as much as I don't like that Aang is finally now figuring out whether or not he should kill Ozai, I liked the thoughtful approach of, like, what is the Avatar's role? And I guess something I should have mentioned back in the analysis is, you know, Aang does make a good point that the Avatar can't just willy-nilly go out and just kill whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like the thoughtful, I like the thoughtfulness and of going through like, sh- you know, should I do this? What's the wisdom of my past lives? And I, I don't know, I like that. So I, I go 4.8 um, and then it sets up the tension right at the end because the comet yes. is here. So fasten your seatbelts. Stuff's about to go down. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.